Good morning. This is the Two Peas on a Pod podcast coming at you on this lovely Thursday morning. Yes, I said Thursday. It's not Tuesday, but Thursday. This is your host, Austin Griffiths. And if it's Thursday, that means it is the Why I Believe series coming at you again already. And uh, we're already here going on. We've already had several episodes already. And we're just so glad to be back with you again. And I am uh, sitting here by myself in my little office here that we just put together. And uh, Brother Zach is not with us today, but we will have a special guest with us via phone call here in just a few moments. And uh, But, oh man, how much we enjoyed Brother Kevin Lloyd on the episodes um, in January on Who is the Holy Ghost? Talked about who he is, talked about the gifts of the Spirit, and then we went on to the uh, third Thursday of the month, and he went and talked about why we need the Holy Ghost, and uh, I told him as we uh, done that podcast episode, I said, if I had any questions about the Holy Ghost, I think they was answered right here on the podcast, and so we hope that encouraged you, hope that helped you, and if you've got a testimony if you've got um, a testimony or just uh, feedback about those episodes with Brother Kevin, um, send us an email at 2Ps21 at yahoo.com. Now, I'm sometimes I get tongue-tied and I'll say T-double-O, but that's not what I mean, okay? It's T-W-O-P-E-A-S-2-1 at yahoo.com. Or you can get us on Instagram on 2Ps on a Pod 21 or even 2Ps on a Pod podcast. It should pop up you'll see our logo you can send us a direct message on there we've been having a good amount of feedback coming in and we're so thankful for that we've been having a lot of new listeners we're thankful about that and uh, people really love the interviews the, the the listeners and downloads climb on interviews and so we're just thankful some of our favorite things to do is the interviews but anyways we enjoy those episodes so much and uh and so today's episode i'm gonna kind of do like an introduction um to what we got coming up here so the the series in its entirety i want to just take a moment and explain this the series in its entirety is called the why i believe series that's what we're doing every first and third thursday of each month throughout the year of 2022 and it's already here and, uh, but within this Why I Believe series, there's going to be at least two little mini-series in that. And that is because some of these topics that we're going to try to address are so extensive and so large that we can't get it in one episode. So we're going to have some topics that are going to be you know, anywhere from three to five parts. Um, and so with it only being two episodes a month, you know, it's going to take a while um, to get through it. And so today's episode is going to be an introduction um, to a little mini-series we're going to do here on how to be a Christian, what it means to be a Christian, um, how we're supposed to act um, because you're a Christian. And so this is going to be several parts um, included in this. And then we're also, we've got special guests that are coming um, to address certain topics, you know, without 
within 2022 with the Why I Believe series. Um, two episodes a month, like we said, that's 24 episodes for the year. And so I really, you know, it was a challenge to nail it down to the, all the topics we felt like needed to be addressed um, in, in this day and hour and just everything that's going on uh, around us felt like we needed to address certain topics. And so um, to try to get everything flowing well, we have certain topics that we've asked some special guests to, to come on and tackle um, with us. And so we're excited about that. And then eventually later on in the year, Year, we're going to do another mini series. It's probably going to be five parts, maybe six. I'm not sure. It's going to take two or three months to get through. We're going to have a little mini series on holiness. And uh, we're going to talk about holiness uh, appearance will be a big thing and uh, what it means to be holiness in its entirety. And so we're looking forward to that. So it's going to be a great year. We got a lot of things coming up this year as far as the mini series, as far as the series go, I'm sorry, on the why I believe. And then don't forget. We have our normal uh, podcast um, episodes on Tuesday mornings. That's where it's me and Brother Zach, or maybe it's an interview. And uh, if I'm traveling, it might be me and Brother Zach on a phone call. Uh, whatever it is, we'll have top five. We'll have Did You Know. We'll have uh, just different segments and Bible again. And so I've just took about five minutes here to just explain to you what we got going on coming up this year. But without further ado, um, today is going to be an introduction about striving to be Christ-like. Over the next several episodes, we're going to talk about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be Christ-like, what people expect us to be as a Christian. And so the big question is, we're going to start right here, the big question is, you know, we can read out of Acts 11 and 26 where it says they were first called Christians in Antioch. They was given the name Christian. And so the question is, what is a Christian? Well, I think we pretty much all know the answer to that. Somebody that per professes their belief in Christ, we call them saved people. They claim salvation by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so the name itself, Christian, today, we hold it as a badge of honor. But that wasn't the intent behind the name Christian. Christian in the original New Testament in the Greek, it means little Christ. It also means belonging to the party of Christ. And so it was given as a negative word. It was given as a derogatory term um, as scoffers would pass by saying, look, look at those Christians over there. They think they're like Christ. They, they, they held such a close um, life to Christ. The, they, they followed the teachings of Christ so closely. They said, hey, look at them little Christ over there. Look at them, look at them people over there trying to be just like Christ. He was trying to make fun of them, trying to uh, throw jabs at them, if you will. And so yet today we are called Christians and the meaning hasn't changed. It, it's a badge of honor. It should always be a badge of honor. You should never be ashamed to say, I'm a child of God. I am a Christian. And so um, today we are called Christians and the meaning hasn't changed. We are still supposed to be little Christ. We are still supposed to strive with all of our hearts to be like Christ. And that's the big question. How do you be like Christ? How do you be like Christ? And uh, I'm going to talk about this as much as I can, but we're not going to talk about all of it. But we're just going to talk about a few key points that we felt needed. Um, you know, as we I've prayed about this, and as much as I've thought about it, and just asked the Lord for guidance. What 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 topics do we need to address 
um, right now that would be Christ-like. And so over the next several episodes, we're going to talk about taming your tongue. Out of James chapter number three will be our main portion of text we'll take and uh, how your mouth is where your heart is. Your heart is a well and your mouth is the bucket. Your heart is a well and your mouth is the bucket. And so we know the picture, whatever that the, the bucket can't bring up nothing but what's in that well. Whatever's in the well, that's what's coming up. The same way in this Christian walk, whatever's in your heart will come out of your mouth. And then we're going to continue. We're going to talk about attitude, um, what kind of attitude you're supposed to have as a Christian. We're supposed to have a good attitude. We're going to go in depth on some of this. We're going to talk about behavior. Is your, is your behavior holy? We're not supposed to have a temper. We are the light of the world, according to Matthew 4. And, uh, and so we're going to talk about feelings. What are your feelings towards one another? Um, are they love? Are they hatred? You know, Matthew 5 and, four, or five and uh, 44 says, sorry, but I say unto them, love your enemy. That's hard right there. Love your enemy. Bless them that curse you. And uh, so we're going to talk about that. And then the last part, um, now, we may get into some stuff and end up, you know, jumping into another episode we didn't plan. But as of right now, the outline is the last part um, as far as this, how to be a Christian, how to act like a Christian. We're going to talk about the last part about having convictions. And that's going to be a whole episode in itself. Having convictions. Because Christians, children of God, need to have convictions. And so we are so excited for what's going to come up on the next uh, several Why I Believe series episodes. So stay tuned. Stay tuned on what it means to be Christ-like. And so without further ado, we've got a good friend of mine. His name is Brother Seth Coward. He recently just took a church in South Carolina. He was a full-time evangelist for many years and uh, we became good friends uh, many years ago, and we uh, and we talked pretty regularly. And so I wanted to get him involved on this subject, on what it means to be Christ-like. Hello. Well, you picked up really quick. Welcome. Oh, I was ready for you. Welcome to the Two Peas on a Pod podcast, Brother Seth Coward. Man, it's an honor to be here. Well, we appreciate you agreeing to come on the podcast. Absolutely. Yes, sir. So we already introduced uh, your name to the to the audience here. And uh, and so I asked you to come on here and address a question. And uh, that question is, is what it means to be Christ-like. And I talked to you about how we are called to be the light of the world. And, uh, you know, we, we've got a light that we're supposed to keep. And the fact is, the old saying is that you're the only Bible some people are ever only going to read. And that's exactly right. Because there are some folks that are not going to pick up a, a King James Version Bible or any Bible for that matter. But we believe, you know, King James Version is the, uh, the, the Word of God. You don't need to be out there reading the NIV and whatever else they got out there now. You need to read the King right. James Version Bible. And, uh, and so they're not going to pick up that Bible. A lot of them are not going to go to church. And so the only chance of winning them to Christ is your walk, your life, how you walk and how you talk. And, uh, and so if you don't have a good light, then you might be the reason that they never come to Christ. And, uh, and so the, the big question is, and I know it's broad, 
And uh, and so we're going to see what you have to say about this, Brother Seth, is what does it mean to be Christ-like? How can I be Christ-like to hopefully win somebody to Christ? Well, when you say that someone wants to be like Christ, it's assumed that they are coming at it from an angle that they want to be a Christian because many follow the ethical or try to follow the ethical teachings of Jesus without believing that Jesus of Nazareth died and rose again to atone for sin. So assuming that we're speaking from a Christian point of view and not just merely an ethical point of view, we understand that Jesus, the the death, burial, resurrection of Christ is a miracle. And the born-again experience is a miracle. And so we have to understand that it is humanly impossible to be like Christ on our own. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Right. But Paul, he noted that I can do all things through Christ. So we have, in order to be like Christ, we have to have his spirit in us. It doesn't matter what we don't do anymore or what we start doing to try to be more like him. You know, some see the Christian life as one that, requires an extremely strong will to just resist evil and the sin. But it's actually the complete opposite. The Christian life requires a surrendered will. In Matthew chapter 16 and 24, Jesus said it like this, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. See, there's no strong will. It's not mind over matter. It's not a matter of do's and don'ts, though certainly crucifixion can be applied to a lot of do's and don'ts. But it's not a matter of strong will. It is actually the opposite, a denied will or a dead will. You know, if we answer his invitation to pick up the cross to follow him, the question must be asked, where is he leading me with this cross? Is he going to the Mount of Transfiguration where he'll be glorified and affirmed by the Father? Am I, lead, am I following Jesus to the Mount of Olivet where he'll deliver his most popular sermon, the world's most popular sermon? No, he's leading us to Calvary to be crucified. He said, in, or Paul said in Galatians 2 and 20, I am crucified with Christ. That's an important part of Christianity. We participate in the crucifixion. And he went on, he said, nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. So in order for him to be in us, we have to die with him. The only way we can be like Christ, Brother Austin, is by the power of the Spirit. To be like Christ means his Spirit is living in us. And the only way to be like Christ is to die with him. It's just that simple. The call for his disciples, he said, if any man will come after me, it's a cross, not a cushion. And, you know, today there's a lot that feel that the Christian doesn't have to be like Jesus Christ. They say things like, you know, he lived the perfect life. There was no one perfect but him. So now all we have to do is just believe in him. And that's good enough. Well, you know, that's good enough for someone on their deathbed about to draw their last breath. You know, that was good enough for the thief on the cross. But for those of us who have the opportunity of serving Christ, we are called to be like him. John said in his first epistle, 2 and 6, 
He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. So in common everyday language, we would say you don't just talk the talk, you walk the walk. So it's it's a matter of following his footsteps. In order to abide in Christ, we have to walk as he walked. Right. And there's a you know, a lot of people that we've worked with or maybe family members or friends when you said you need to walk the walk, you know, there's people that I you know, I've known through my life that they claim to go to church, they claim to love Christ. They claim this and claim that, but their life don't match up to it. You know, I, I was reading just the other day in Herschel Ford. He said, if you love the church, nothing in the world will keep you from attending it. Someone will say, yes, I love the church, but I am bound to say, no, you love your golf game. You love your Sunday newspaper, your favorite television program. You love the ease and comfort of your living room. If you really love Christ and his church, you'll be faithful to the church. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a very bold statement coming from Herschel Ford there. And uh, he's a very prominent writer um, uh, amongst people that collect books. And uh, But anyways, I read that. I thought, you know, that's exactly right. If we love Christ, we're going to do exactly what Christ has commanded us to do. We're not going to say one thing and do another. That's right. You know, those of us who have been born again, in the words of Christ, we are, we have been translated, or I don't think you, you might have to, hang on just a second, Brother Austin, let me get that scripture real quick. Okay. Uh, Paul said in Colossians 1 and 13 that Jesus delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So we are brought out of that darkness and into the light. But in order to maintain that Christ likeness, we have to stay in the light. And First John 1 and 7 says that we have to walk in the light as he is in the light. And that's the only way to have fellowship, he went on to say. And that's the only way for the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us from all sin. We have to stay in the light. So there, in order to be Christ-like, it's not a Sunday-only deal. Right. It's not a, it's not a, a religious box we check off. It is a constant, every day, bearing our cross, yielding to His Spirit. Yes, sir. I was thinking about a, a man as you were saying that. You know, uh, there was a man I worked with one time. I didn't work with him very much, um, but I worked with him some, and he was very eccentric. He was very out there, and he was very vocal about how he loved the Lord. And, uh, you know, that was good. That was somebody I wanted on my crew. You know, I, I usually had my own crew. I had a, I was a lead man of a scaffold crew, and that's somebody I wanted on my crew. And this particular man, he, uh, he, you know, like I said, very vocal about the Lord and stuff. But the more I got to talking to him, the more I found out that he didn't even go to church hardly. He didn't have a home church, barely went. And uh, it really bothered me because he was trying to, you know, just witness to this person, a witness to that person. And, you know, if somebody would say, well, where do you go to church? Or like, oh, well, I don't really go nowhere right now. You know, it kind of harmed his light. And uh, mm -hmm. and anyone that knows me, you know, I don't care to be vocal. And sometimes that's a bad thing. And uh, But at this particular time, I really felt like this guy needed to know this. 
And uh, I remember working with him, and he was just telling me it was just me and another guy in my church, and then him. He was just doing this, doing that. And I said, listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. I said, if you're going to go around here testifying to folks and doing this and doing that, I said, one of the biggest things is you've got to go to church. And I invited yeah. him to a church, a local holiness church that he lived close near. It wasn't ours. It was a different one um, that we fellowship that was kind of close. I said, you need to go to church. I said, you, you know, you can't go around here trying to tell people about this and that. I said, you don't even go to church. I said, you know, you're telling people they can do this or that and not go to church. That ain't right. You've got to be faithful to God. And I know I just gave two illustrations about just going to church, but that's how much I am staunch on it and believe in it. We must be faithful church members and be a church member, not a church hopper. And uh, we mu- we got to be a member of a church. You have to be held under authority. And uh, and so with that, you know, you got to read your Bible, you got to pray, you got to go to church, and then there's a whole lot more we're going to go into about what it means to be Christ-like. But you need to not only talk the talk, but Brother Seth, you got to walk the walk. Right. I think a, what a lot has contributed to this whole. You know, I love Jesus, but I don't love His church. I love Jesus, but I, I want to do my own thing. A lot of this has a lot to do with our culture. You know, I know we're we're gaining more and more the the idea of a post-Christian nation. But, I mean, if you were to ask who, you know, someone who says, I love Jesus, but I don't go to church. If they were in another country where in order to profess Christ, you lose your job, you have to relocate out of the village, you, you're kicked out of your house. I mean, all of these things that accompany a confession of faith in Christ you're going to find that those wheats are going to be separated from the tares. Yeah, that's, that's you know, exactly right. Order. Yeah, and, and Paul, he actually called, uh, he said in 2 Corinthians 1 and 9 that he had the sentence of death in himself. And, and I feel like that's what a confession of faith in Christ really is. I know today that you can be a Christian and make six figures. You can be a Christian, be a business owner, a very successful political leader. I mean, that that our culture has given us the liberty of religious expression. But we we still we have to sift through the, the cultural um, redefining of Christianity and realize this is not just a religious affiliation. This is a death sentence to flesh. And simply put, to be a Christian means that we have yielded our human spirit to God's Holy Spirit. And Paul said in Romans 8 and 9 that if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So it's just it's plain right there. If you're saved, you have the spirit. To be like Christ means that we have yielded our human spirit to allow his Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, to abide with us. So as we live the yielded life to God, the Spirit is actively working to reproduce the characteristics of Christ in our everyday life, in our business dealings, in how we respect our wife and love our children, in how we uh, treat people on the job, you know, to be like Christ simply means that his spirit is reproducing his ways in our everyday life. In Galatians 5 and 22, it says, But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, 
long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. But listen to this. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. So this has nothing to do with flesh, just learning the religion. This is everything to do with crucifying the will of the flesh so the Spirit of Christ can produce the fruit that honor God and so that others can see our tree, that we are we have good fruit bearing witness to the world that Christ is in us. Yes, sir. I just uh, heard my pastor, who happens to be my father-in-law, uh, Brother Curtis Cordell, here at the home church in Vanceburg, Kentucky. I just heard him preach on are you dead or alive and he preached so wonderful and put i guess every single person um in the house under conviction including myself and the whole message was we need to kill out the flesh he told us there um out of romans how a carnal a carnal mind is death a carnal mind is death and uh i tell you that's that's the message we need to hear we need to put the flesh on the go we need to put flesh um under subjection and uh, it reminds me of an old story of uh, there was an older man by the name of Brother Burrow that used to come around, and uh, he's he's kind of in his older age. But he said one morning he was getting up to go to church, and uh, he was testifying this at our church. He he visit he visits a lot of different churches. He does missionary work and collects Bibles, and so people would have Bibles for him. He'd go and pick them up, and go to church there, or whatever. And uh, he came to our church to pick up some Bibles and stuff, I reckon. And he testified one night, and he said, I didn't, didn't want to go to church this morning. My flesh was just tired. And uh, he said, all right. He said, flesh, you don't want to get up and get up, get out of bed and go to church? He said, we'll just go on a three-day fast. He said, you ought to have seen myself get ready for church. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, one man said the flesh and the devil are identical twins. <laughs> that's right. And so we, that's what we need to do. We need to have a funeral for this old flesh. You know, Moses threw his rod down. That rod was everything. God said, throw it down. He turned it into a snake and he picked it back up. He said that, that rod was everything. That was his livelihood. That was his money, his paycheck, his career was in that rod, the shepherd's staff. Everything. God said, lay it down. He just laid it and down, he, gave it over to right. him. That's right. Laying it down, that's good. You know, and also about being like Christ, we also have to realize we don't we don't graduate from that process. We don't just, you know, uh, we we don't look like the world. We don't go here. We don't do that. You know, we, we meet all of those ritual, if you will, requirements that often uh, are found in a Christian life. That doesn't mean it's over because there's a, there's so many things that can hide under a long sleeve shirt and on and these other convictions that many of us have put on, we, we cannot count ourselves to have apprehended. We have to keep passing forward. That's exactly right. We need to keep pressing forward. And, uh, I want to read this and we're going, we're going to close here. We're embarking across 30 minutes. And, uh, but I read where one man said the average body, has enough water to fill a 10-gallon barrel, enough fat to make several bars of soap, enough carbon to make 9,000 pencils, enough phosphorus for 2,200 match heads, a magnesium for one dose of salt, enough iron to make a large nail, and enough sugar to fill a sugar shaker. But if you decomposed all these elements down and convert them into money, 
our bodies are worth three dollars and seven cents. <laughs> <laughs> and so we buy hundred thousand dollar houses a lot of times to house three dollars. We buy mm. big old vehicles that are worth, you know, depending on what you've got, are worth a lot of money for three bucks. We dress up three bucks, buy clothes uh-huh. for three bucks, try to smell good for just three dollars <laughs> of pile of dust. And uh, yeah. the point is, we are nothing. We are yeah, nothing. True. But God right. sees worth in us. In our flesh, we are nothing. But he sent his son to die for us in our sins. And uh, I tell you, we need to have a funeral for the flesh. And the saying is that we can't have revival until we first have a funeral. Mm-hmm. We can't have revival until we first have a funeral. I want to kill myself out. That's right. I want to kill myself out. Um, uh, I don't want to kill myself. I want to kill myself out. I want. I, I pray all the time. Lord, kill Austin. Lord, kill That's Austin. Right. I'm talking about killing my flesh, because the flesh right. don't want you to read your Bible. The flesh don't want you to go to church. It don't right. want you to do this or that. And if you can get your flesh under control, you can let the mm-hmm. spirit fill you up, and we can be like Christ. And uh, you know, it's the flesh that harms the light. It's the flesh that that temper flares up and you know you can you can have a testimony with all your co-workers for example or your friends and family for say a 10-year period you can have an excellent reputation excellent testimony for 10 years and then all it takes is one incident that lasts just a few minutes of you yep. being in your flesh or you being weak and just losing yourself, losing control, having a temper, saying the wrong thing. And you could cancel out all of those years of being like Christ for just one sure. moment. And so, man, that's surreal. We need mm-hmm. to strive to be like Christ. Is there anything else you would like to say before we end this podcast on this topic? Yeah, I think it's a great honor to have the calling to be like Christ. And as you know, I've had some to tell me that, you know, you're walking around scared to death that you might have a sin, but just the fact that I could yield to his spirit and be a part of his plan here on this earth for his kingdom to come in my little uh, corner of the world, it's a great honor. And, and I'm so thankful that I can be born again and his spirit can be in me. That's exactly right, brother Seth. Well put. And we're just so thankful that you came on the podcast today and uh, just gave us um, some nuggets there we can take home and uh, just want to I just want to be like Christ. I just want to strive to be Christ like. I'm not perfect, none of us are, but I, I, last night's message my pastor preached and then talking here today, I tell you it encourages me. I want to get in prayer more and uh, just say Lord help me to be more like you cuz we can't do it on our own. We cannot do it in ourselves, brother Seth. That's right, brother. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and uh, we appreciate you and all your words you had to say, and we're going to be exiting and off right here. And I want to tell all the listeners to stay tuned. Brother Zach will be with us on the next Why I Believe series every first and third Thursday of the month. So make sure you catch the next couple episodes we talked to you about at the beginning of this episode, and we will see you later. of life I've run The Lord says to me, my child, well done There will be no regrets for me, I'll be